Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including supporting material, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash SZV. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Daiichi Sankyo. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on HER3 targeted therapies. This activity comprises a series of four streaming episodes with Dr. Julia Roto and Dr. Javier Cortez. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, this is Julia Roto、uh, from the Dana Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. And welcome to this activity titled HER3 Targeted Therapies How Might These Benefit Our Patients? In this first episode, we will review HER3 as a potential target in non small cell lung cancer and breast cancer. HER3 is a transmembrane protein, which is a member of the ERBB family. And this family ha- has many actual important members, including other perhaps more familiar entities, including EGFR, also known as ERBB1, and HER2, also known as ERBB2. HER3 forms heterodimers with these various other transmembrane partners, and by doing so, supports and facilitates downstream signaling, favoring cell survival and cell proliferation. HER3 itself is bound by its ligand, primarily HRG, but may have other ligands、uh, which have clinical significance. HER3 itself, as a transmembrane protein, is actually expressed across many different solid tumors. You can see some of these expression rates、uh, via IHC across different primaries. I've highlighted breast and lung cancer here on this slide because these are the entities where we have the most clinical data where we'll be focusing in this series. But in both cases in this series, respond,、uh, expression rates around 40% have been reported. And in some series in lung cancer, those expression rates have been reported as high as 80% or more. So this seems to be a fairly ubiquitously expressed target and therefore a nice therapeutic target when we think about impacting cell signaling in the tumor biology. HER3 itself has also been associated with worse overall survival. So here you can see、uh, analysis across a series of different、uh, solid tumors showing that a HER3 high status seemed to disfavor survival, whereas patients who are HER3 were doing low, were doing better.、Uh, HER3 is also in preclinical studies has been associated with tumor progression and risk of metastasis. And finally, HER3 has also been associated with therapeutic resistance. So I've highlighted EGFR resistance in lung cancer here today, but it has also been associated with other resistance to agents, for example, HER2 targeted therapies in breast cancer.、Uh, and we know that as an alternative cell surface protein, which favors dimerization and activation, antibodies targeting HER3 in preclinical models have been shown to reduce tumor cell proliferation and, and tumor growth. And this has made it an attractive therapeutic target uh, uh, for, for, for treatment development. So, in summary, HER3 is expressed across a wide range of solid tumors at the cell surface. Its heterodimerization with other receptor tyrosine kinases favors cell survival and proliferation,、uh, and its expression has been associated with both worse survival, risk of metastasis, and with resistance to various HER2 directed therapies in breast cancer and to EGFR targeted therapies in non small cell lung cancer. Hello, this is Julia Roto from the Dana Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, Massachusetts. In this episode, we will review strategies for targeting HER3, including monoclonal antibodies and antibody drug conjugates. There have been a number of different strategies evaluated to target HER3 in, in a clinical setting.、Uh, and the most prominent of these have included HER3 antibodies,、uh, like p e t r u t u m a b alone or s e r b e n t u m a b 
or HER3 bispecific antibodies, uh, for example, those targeting EGFR and HER3 or HER2 and ER3. And most recently, we've also seen the rise of HER3 targeting ADCs. And that's what we'll focus on a bit today uh, with the ADC, Petrujumab Deruxtecan. And this is part of a broader uh, transformation in, in lung cancer management, where we've seen the rise of ADCs as a, a novel and uh, potentially useful uh, clinical uh, treatment strategy. So HER3 monoclonal antibodies were the original strategy tested to try to address HER3 uh, as a tumor-promoting uh, protein. Uh, and these unfortunately did meet with more limited eff efficacy, though they were primarily done in unselected patient populations. So for example, pertutumab alone combined with erlotinib uh, was evaluated in an unselected non-small cell lung cancer population and did not produce improvements in progression-free survival. Uh, similarly, serbantamab, which is a, another HER3-targeted monoclonal antibody, combined with docetaxel, was evaluated in HRG-high non-small cell lung cancer. Again, there were not improvements in progression-free survival. And in breast cancer, the combination of lermatuzumab and pertuzumab, so HER3 and HER2-targeted antibodies, combined with paclitaxel uh, in HER3-positive, HER2-low breast cancer, unfortunately produced excess toxicity, which prevented further development. Now, there is one setting uh, in, in lung cancer or in solid tumors more broadly where HER3 monoclonal antibodies and HER3 biospecific antibodies have shown clinical activity. And these are NRG1 fusion positive tumors. And this is a rare emerging therapeutic target in lung cancer and in solid tumors more broadly, likely present at rates less than 1% and potentially even rates less than 0.5%. And in this setting, HER3 antibodies have shown activity. Sorbantumab, a HER3 monoclonal, showed a response rate of 33% for NRG1 fusion tumors. And Xenocutuzumab, a HER3 to HER3 bispecific antibody, also showed a response rate similar around 34% in this patient population. So this is very recent data from the last year or so, uh, and certainly is a rare subset of disease, but one which may be therapeutic, therapeutically actionable. Now, HER3 antibody drug conjugates are sort of our next generation of HER3-directed therapies, which are being evaluated in a number of different clinical settings. When you think about an ADC, there are really three key components. There's the antibody, both the class of antibody and its cell surface target. You have the payload, which is usually a small molecule cytotoxic. The two most common of these are imtansine, uh, which is an orostatin, or uh, Derextecan, which is a topoisomerase 1 inhibitor. And then you have the linker, and that usually can be either uncleavable or cleavable. And having a cleavable linker may help to improve the possibility of getting bystander effect when you have patchy target expression. So petrutumab deruxtecan is an anti-HER3 antibody with a cleavable linker with a deruxtecan payload. So what do we know about activity of, of HER3 ADC therapy in breast and lung cancers? Uh, so there have been studies done both in lung cancer, in both EGFR mutant, and some data in EGFR wild-type disease. There's been data in breast cancer in the HER2-positive or the hormone receptor-positive populations. These figures here show what we know about response rates thus far in early studies in these spaces, showing response rates ranging from 22% to 43%, depending on the specific disease setting. So when it comes to ADC therapy, there are two primary strategies you may see in development or in drugs that become available. There are IHC-selected strategies, and there's also an alternative strategy of non-IHC-selected patient populations. Both strategies are in clinical development. So for example, Teliso-V, uh, which is a MET-targeted ADC, has been demonstrated to be most active in those tumors which are very MET 
uh, high, very net overexpressing, and therefore pre-screening may be appropriate and is likely appropriate with this sort of treatment strategy. You can see for tumors that are CMET high, response rate 52%, and for those who are only CMET intermediate, response rate 24%. Pertutumab deruxtecan is an example of the other strategy where there is more ubiquitous expression and a response rate across an all-comer population has been reported at 39%, for example, for mutant non-small cell lung cancer and was not strongly driven by the HER3 IHC score, but there was some trend to better responses with the very higher scores versus very low scores. Uh, and this is an important part of any ADC if you're considering using in clinical practice to understand what sort of pre-screening or testing may be required to use it most effectively for patient care. So in summary, uh, HER3 offers a therapeutic target which is expressed across a wide range of solid tumors. Uh, HER3-directed antibodies have limited activity on unselected populations, but certainly do show activity in early studies of NRG1 fusion-positive tumors. And HER3 antibody drug conjugate therapy with pertutumab deruxtecan has demonstrated clinical activity in early studies in breast and lung cancers, with further studies ongoing. Hello, this is Julia Roto from the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, Massachusetts. In this episode, we will review available data and ongoing trials for HER3-targeted ADCs in non-small cell lung cancer, including an EJFR mutant, a non-small cell lung cancer in the TKI-resistant setting. So to review some of the things we've covered on our prior episodes here, uh, HER3 ADC therapy for non-small cell lung cancer is an emerging therapeutic treatment strategy. It targets HER3, a cell surface protein expressed in the majority of non-small cell lung cancer, and also related to resistance to EGFR-TKI therapy in EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. Petrutumab deruxtecan, which we'll talk about here right now, is a HER3 ADC, which is under evaluation for multiple different primary tumors, including lung and breast cancers. You can see its design below. It's a HER3 antibody with a cleavable linker tagged to a deruxtecan uh, payload. So what do we know about uh, HER3 ADC activity uh, in EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer? Most of our data comes from the U3-1402-U102 study. This was a phase one dose escalation, dose expansion study the dose escalation in previously treated EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer with an expansion phase, including a cohort which we'll be covering today in patients with prior EGFR TKI therapy and prior platinum doublet-based chemotherapy. And this study looked at outcomes and safety in this patient population. Here you see the waterfall plot showing best percent change in tumor volume across all patients enrolled in the study with a response rate of 38% and a disease control rate of 72% with a PFS of 8.2 months. Uh, and you can see that this was independent, or generally independent of uh, the co-occurring mutation profile and then the underlying EGFR driver mutation. Importantly, HER3 is fairly ubiquitously expressed across EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. The violin plot on the left shows this and shows the distribution of HER3 membrane H scores on IHC for the patients in the study. You can see very few patients had negative or low scores. On the right, you can see patient response as ordered by their HER3 H score. And that's also what's shown on the box plot on the right. You can see there's a little trend towards a little higher rate of CRPR in those who were very high scoring, but there were responses in disease stabilization seen across a wide range of HER3 expression levels. And based on this, right now, patients who are being considered for this therapy do not require pre-screening for, for HER3 status in the ongoing clinical studies. 
So what do we know about toxicities of this agent? It is an ADC, so it has a cytotoxic payload. So many of the toxicities are those you would expect for a cytotoxic. Um, so these highlighting the treatment-related toxicities, which were grade three or higher in at least 5% of patients, most common being thrombocytopenia and neutropenia or fatigue. About 9% of patients needed to discontinue treatment for a treatment-related toxicity. I will also highlight that there was a 5% rate of treatment-related ILD. This has been seen in other ADC settings as well, as well as an EGFR-targeted therapy for lung cancer, and continues to be a, a toxicity that requires monitoring if treating with these sorts of classes of drugs. So what's coming next in HER3 ADC therapy in lung cancer? I've had the first trial there on this chart, uh, but there are several other studies ongoing evaluating pitrutinine durextecan in other settings uh, in lung cancer, including the phase two Herthina Lung 01 study, which will be looking at the same patient population, post-TKI and platinum doublet, confirming some of these phase one data, hopefully, that we just showed. Um, we have the Herthina Lung 02 study ongoing as well, which is a phase three randomized study. And this is now comparing pitrutinine durextecan, the ADC versus platinum doublet chemotherapy in the immediate post-osomertinib setting, so at osomertinib resistance. And then there's also a phase one study, the U3-1402-U103 study, which is looking at pitrutinib durextecan combined with osomertinib uh, in various settings, looking at a combination therapy strategy. In summary, HER3 ADC therapy is active in patients with non-small cell lung cancer, uh, with resistance to EGFR TKI therapy, and responses were seen across wide levels of HER3 expression. And ongoing studies are, are evaluating this agent both as an earlier line of therapy and as given in combination with the EGFR TKI osimertinib. Hello, this is Javier Cortez from the International Breast Cancer Center in both cities of Madrid and Barcelona in Spain. In this episode, we will briefly review available data and ongoing trials for H3-targeted antibody drug conjugates in breast cancer, including H3-positive metastatic disease and smaller trials evaluating the possibility of treatments in the early setting. Overexpression of H3 has been reported in about half to two-thirds of breast cancers and is associated with prognostic factors, distant metastasis, tumor size, etc. It is very interesting to observe that HER3 is overexpressed as a mechanism of resistance not only to anti-HER2 therapies, but also to endocrine therapy in different studies. The most important antiviral conjugate in clinical development is patritumab deruxtecan. Basically, it has been evaluated in a large phase one, phase two study in different tumor types, including patients with metastatic breast cancer. In patients with overexpressing HER3, either triple negative, HER2 positive, or hormone receptor HER2 negative metastatic breast cancer patients, an amazing overall response rate in the range of 28% was observed, being 30% in the hormone receptor tumors, 23% in triple negative breast cancer, and 43% in HER2. It is important to note that only 14 patients with HER2 positive disease were included in this trial. Median progression-free survival ranged from almost 5.5 months in triple negative breast cancer to 11 months in the HER2-positive population. Regarding adverse events, the most common treatment emerging adverse events were gastrointestinal and hematological toxicity, including nausea, thrombocytopenia, and neutropenia.
rates of grade 3 or higher neutropenia and thrombocytopenia were numerically higher with a higher dose, 6.4 mg per kilogram, compared with a dose of 4.8 mg per kilogram. Very interestingly, these adverse events did not require stopping the treatment at any time. Patutumab deruxtican has also been evaluated in the early breast cancer setting in the TOT HER3 study. In brief, this is a phase 2 study in patients with ultra-low, low, medium, or high levels of HER3, and patients were treated with a single dose of the antibody conjugate, patritumab deruxtican. Very interestingly, after only one single dose of the antibody conjugate, the overall response rate was 45%. Of great interest, we observed an increased in the cell tilt change from baseline. Basically, we observed an increase in the immune system. When we analyzed patients who achieved response compared with patients who did not achieve the response, this cell tilt change was positively correlated in the responders' patients, but not in the non-responders. Based on these two trials, in the metastatic setting and in the early breast cancer setting, Different ongoing clinical trials with these antibody conjugates are ongoing, but it's also important to highlight that other drugs such as cell vaccines or even HER2 and HER3 prime dendritic cells are at the current time including patients. So just to try to summarize a little bit the key messages, I would say that the first one, two, first in human study evaluating patritumab deruxtecan in pretreated metastatic breast cancer tumors suggests clearly good activity across all breast cancer subtypes. The toxicity, basically gastrointestinal and hematological, were manageable. In the early breast cancer setting, a single dose of the HER3 deruxtecan led to impressive response, in my opinion, 45% with only one uh, uh, cycle, and also we observed an increased immune infiltration across different levels of baseline HER3 RNA. And last but not least, biomarkers of response to HER3-directed agents has to be explored and evaluated prospectively, such as, for example, the role of ereguin, which is the most important ligand for HER3. Thank you very much for listeners in this project. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.